0: As always, thanks for loving on everybody. You know, it really was, uh, whatever part, uh, you, if you got to join us last weekend, um, it, it, was just, it was just a great weekend on so many fronts. And I will say, yeah, I, it, was, it was so weird and so cool to be out on the streets on Easter morning. That was so weird. 58 years, I've been in church on Easter morning, right? That's where we're there. We're there to worship Jesus. And, but when I, all I could think of is when we decided to do our service on Saturday, I just thought how cool that on Sunday morning, we actually get to flesh out the resurrection because that's what it is. Jesus actually living in us and going out into the world. And so man, it, 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 was, it was a great, great day. And it was fun afterwards too. We had a few of the people over for, for Easter lunch and had our ham and I had to make my mom's sweet potato Souffle. Yeah, baby, you have no idea. I hated sweet potatoes when I was a kid, and then my mom made sweet potato souffle. And I remember after Thanksgiving, we had on Thanksgiving, and I sat in front and watched football and just ate it right out of the bowl. The whole, it was just, it's so good. And, uh, and so uh, Kevin Lather, the guy who, are, who helps lead our outreach team, he and his wife were over, and man, he was just moaning about how good it was. So he actually, because I told him this is great. And so he, he actually went back for seconds and he came back and he said, this is amazing. He goes, and everything's better when you mix it in the sweet potatoes. The ham's better in there. The mashed potatoes are better in there. I think he put his salad in there and said it was better. And so I was, I was laughing at so he I mean, he goes like, I, "I have to have this recipe." And isn't it cool? Because I have it. Like what he, I love it. And I, when people come over, I love to make it. I love to share it. And then when he says, "Man, is there any way I could actually have the recipe so I could continue to have it?" I'm like, "Absolutely." And then I shit to share the recipe with him. You know what I was doing? I was discipling. Kevin Lathrop on Sweet Potato Souffle. He is not a Sweet Potato Souffle disciple. All right, so here's Jesus. Unbelievable. Yeah. By the way, wasn't that worship not fantastic tonight? I just wanna say again, thank you to all of you who led us. I, I, got, to, I got to experience the, the rehearsal and the actual thing. I just, I just was so grateful to worship him. But you guys, Jesus is eternal life like we went through first john he is everything that's good he's everything that's beautiful he's everything that's pleasing he is the life-giving source he's everything that's right he is eternal life and then jesus says this he goes and you can have it you can have it he goes i know the recipe Yeah, but it's even better. He goes, I am the recipe. He goes, and you can have it. I will share it with you. This life that is so beautiful, that's so full of peace, no matter what, that that actually can be full of, like I love Jim's story. Even if I was up here and I didn't have the story, I'd still be at peace because I went either way. A life that's absolutely full of joy. That has strength and wisdom. I mean, Jesus is saying, I know this and I can give it to you. I love it because he actually created the world and so he knows the recipe to the world. And he goes, I lived it, I showed you it, and then I invited you into it so you could actually taste it and experience it. And then for those of us who actually have done that, who have tasted it, who've, who've, who've received Christ, who've received eternal life and know that, he goes, okay, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to go out and spread the good news. There is spiritual sweet potato souffle for anybody who wants it and you can have it. And what Jesus said is, this is my plan, you guys, for changing the world. I actually brought heaven to earth. That's what he did. He goes, I ushered in and I showed you heaven on earth. He goes, and now my plan is for you, every one of us in this room who've received it, to be able to pass it on and bring heaven to earth. And so, you know, I, I just know there's some of you here, I, I'm hoping that there's some of you here who've never, who just haven't tasted that yet, who haven't tasted This eternal life, right? Those scriptures says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And some of you haven't. Or there's some of you here and you actually tasted what someone called sweet potato souffle and it wasn't, right? They either left out some ingredients or they added some ingredients and they call it eternal life, and they call it Jesus, and you're like, seriously? Then I don't want to have anything to do with it. I remember my first year out of college, my first job doing youth ministry, I turned 23, and my youth group did a birthday party for me. And so the cake was beautiful. They made this beautiful cake, 23 big candles on it and all that kind of stuff. And then right when I went to cut it in, the girl actually said, okay, okay, hold on. She goes, I didn't have any powdered sugar for the icing, so I used flour. (laughs) Oh, you guys, I mean, yeah, it looked great. See, and some people have claimed and put this outward appearance of Jesus in eternal life. And some people have said, if that's it, I don't want anything to do with it. And I get it. Man, I want to say, I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry if you've tasted what someone said was Jesus or what someone said, this is eternal life. And it was this legalistic rule bound thing or judgmental. So anyway, and some of us followers, some of us, you are a follower of Jesus. You've actually received Christ, but um, you're not actually following the recipe. (laughs) Okay, so he's kind of laid it all out. (laughs) This is how it is. And you're like, oh, I can make this better. Or, or, or whatever. And so you, you're not following his recipe. And when that happens, it's not that great. And so the truth is you're here because you believe in him, but it's not like, man, I, I can't wait to share my sweet potato souffle with people. Can you not wait to share Jesus with people? And sometimes if we're, if it, well, I believe, but it's not that great that I want to share it with everybody else. You know, but some of you, You've tasted it and you want some more. You you know, it's like, man, I have met the living God that resurrected. And I want to have more of him, more spirit of just working in my life. But some some of us have received Christ. You have, but you're just kind of stuck. And I just want to say, when you've tasted the real Jesus, the one we talked about last week at Easter, not a religious thing, not a man-made thing, not a human tradition thing, but the actual Jesus who freaked the women out at the tomb. When you meet him and you taste him, literally had his life enter yours. It's the best thing on this planet and nothing comes close. So some have tasted, you eat it, but you don't know the recipe. Like I I got it, but I don't know, I don't have the. How do I share the recipe with somebody? How do I actually help someone else experience it? Or how can I pass it on? I just don't know how to do that. All right. So we're starting this series and we're calling it Just Like Jesus, Just Like Jesus. And we're just going to start look at Matthew chapter 28, the very last thing that Jesus said to his disciples. So he rises from the dead. If you guys remember, he said, hey, Mary, tell them them I'll meet them in Galilee and they'll see me there. So then the disciples go to this mountain in Galilee and they hang out with Jesus. And then he shares this with them, okay? Matthew 28, 8 through 20. Jesus came to them, the 11 disciples, and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So now again, these guys were freaking out as much as as, as the women were, right? I mean, their Lord and Savior is now alive. He's speaking to them. He's, He's meeting with them. They are in awe. And then Jesus says this amazing thing. Okay, guys, now you get it. All authority is mine over all of heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. I'm, I'm your Lord, I'm your Savior, I'm your God, and here's what I'm telling you to do. Go and make disciples, it says of all nations, all right? So let's talk about for a second. What is, what is a disciple? Well, a disciple's a learner. It simply means a learner. Or, but it's not just learning things, it means to follow. So if you're actually a disciple of a rabbi, the goal, what you were saying was, I want the life that that person has. You guys ever know anybody like that? where you watch the life they have and you go, gosh, I wish I had that life. This is funny. This wasn't in my notes, but I was just thinking about this, not too just this last week. Like when you go to a gym, right? And you walk in and all of a sudden there's, you go, oh my gosh, that's what a body could be. (laughs) I had no idea that that was even possible. And yet it is. And you know what? Spiritually, that's what Jesus was to the world. Everybody was like, I had no idea that a life could be like that. And now Jesus is saying, that's what I want the church to be, you guys. I want to fill you up so that you go. So people will say, I want the life that person has. And that's why we're calling this Just Like Jesus. How can we actually be just like Jesus and then how can we do what he said and pass it on to other people who could learn how to follow Jesus too so that they could have life and light and freedom in the midst of this world? So how do I do this? How do we do this? So here's the first question. Where does discipleship start? Okay, because that's the Christian word, okay? Christian word, discipleship. is kind of weird because disciple was just a normal thing in Jewish, Jewish culture. What's interesting is when you read the scriptures, you won't find disciple after the book of Acts. And and I, I heard one guy say, it's because they got away from the Jewish culture. They were all over the world now. And since the rest of the world didn't use the word disciple, they figured out different ways to do this because they wanted to make sure people understood it. So like for us, we're just gonna keep saying, we're gonna help you follow Jesus, man. We want you to follow Jesus, learn from him, and then be like him so you can experience his life. But here's the interesting thing. If you guys think about being a disciple or doing discipleship, where does it start? Where does discipleship start? And I wanna challenge us tonight because I think we have it in a box. I think we have discipleship in a box. For years that I grew up, it was in a class, right? You go to a discipleship class and you would sit and you would have someone teach you certain things. Did Jesus teach people? Yeah, absolutely. So that's part of it. But then if we're like Jesus, there was teaching, but there was always relationship. His real discipleship with his 12, he was doing life with them. And I think, so, so and then, so, then we turn discipleship into this. It's like, okay, so I meet with like one person or, or one or two people, just a few people, and we go to a coffee shop maybe, or we meet in my living room, and we do discipleship. Is that discipleship? Yeah, absolutely. I did it this morning <laughs> with two guys at Beans and Brews that's where you do it, at a coffee shop, right? I did that. that, that that's part of it. But I wanted, I, I, but that's not where it starts. This isn't where it starts, okay? What I want to share with you tonight is if we're going to be just like Jesus, then it's everywhere. Where do, where, where do you disciple? Everywhere with everyone. Everywhere with everyone. Okay. Let's tear apart his little phrase. What's the first thing he says? Go. Okay. So got up here, go. But what's interesting is this word go is not an imperative. Do you guys you know whether an imperative is a verb? An imperative verb is the command. And I and I the first time I ever heard this I think it was Jamie Winship when he was here speaking with us was the first guy that ac- actually showed this that that this is not an imperative the verb the imperative verb in Jesus' statement is disciple that's what he's actually commanding us to do but on my whole life man I was like go okay right okay I gotta go well I gotta go where do I go and that's not the command the command is disciple. And this is a participle which, which almost always has an I-N-G added to it. And that's why people are saying, it's as you're going. Jesus is just saying, going. And then you actually disciple. And so I can see Jesus saying, go. And people are like, where? Where, do you, where am I supposed to go? I can see Jesus going, well, where, where are you going? Well, I'm going to work. All right, do it there. Do it there. Where are you going? I'm going to go to school. Do it there. Where are you going? I'm going to the gym. Well, then do it there. I love Bryson. I love listening to his stories as he's learning jujitsu so he can take me down. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> but the coolest thing is the whole time Bryson's doing jujitsu at the gym, he's discipling. Where are you going? I'm going to the soccer game to watch my kids. Awesome. Do it there. As you go, disciple. This is where it starts. You guys, discipleship does not start with someone who's already a Christian. That was my whole life. I'm like, well, I need to find somebody who's received Christ so I can make them a disciple. <laughs> well, as we get into next, the next phrase, what's he says? He's gonna say, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Well, you don't have to baptize somebody who's already a Christian. And so what he's saying is, Hey, go, get out into your world, get into your workplace, get into your, to your neighborhoods, get into wherever you are, that's where you disciple. I think we've heard go, and especially at a Christian college that I went to, everybody was scared to death because, well, that means where do I have to go? You gotta go to Africa, right? Or you gotta go to China. Go, get out of here, everybody leave. Well, if everybody leaves, who's gonna reach people? So he's just saying, now guess what? Some people are supposed to go. Yeah, that's what happened to us, right? Bill and Rebecca, Bill shared his story last week. They, he, he told us, Steve Ferencrow right behind him said the same thing. He's like, go to Salt Lake City. Okay, we're going. But now that I got to Salt Lake City, I'm like, well, now I'm here. Now, where do I go? Nowhere, I, I, I live here. And I go to the store and I go to the restaurant and I go to the gym and wherever I go, disciple, this is where it starts. And I just want to challenge all of us, all of you in this room who, who actually are followers of Jesus, don't just think, it's like, okay, I got to find somebody here who's already received Jesus and help them to grow. That's a good thing. We need it too. But Jesus' idea for us to, was to go. You know it was interesting? So I looked up in the scripture and how many times in the gospels it says, as Jesus... Boom, boom, boom. So as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, what did he do? Discipled. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew. So he invited him to follow him. He saw two blind men. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, as Jesus was leaving the temple, as Jesus approached Jericho, what was Jesus doing? He was just going. And then everywhere he went, he shared the gospel. He lived the gospel and he discipled, all right? So number one, when Jesus, when you hear this, what am I supposed to do, Jesus? He goes, all authority is mine. Here's what I'm telling you guys. Here's what I'm telling all of you to do. As you live your life, everywhere you go. Second one, disciple. So in every one of our versions, what's it say? Make disciples, right? So I thought, well, I want to see what's that word make mean, you know, because I'm like, well, just it's just fun. I'm like, what's that word make? There's no word make in the original language. You know what the verb is? Disciple. The command is to disciple. And this is the imperative. Now, here's what's interesting. I hope you guys don't mind a little language lesson. Believe me, I'm no Greek scholar or anything like that. And my wife's the English major. So, but here's here's the interesting thing about this verb. It's a transitive verb. Do you guys know what a transitive verb means? A transitive verb means the action of the verb passes from the subject to the object. So it means I'm doing something, I have something and I'm passing it on to somebody else. So when Jesus says, disciple, he's saying, be one, be one. And then whoever you're with, pass that on to them. And that's his command to every single one of us, wherever we go, wherever you are, transfer who you are or what you have to the person that you are with. That's what he's saying. So if we're going to be just like Jesus, there are two major ways. and I just give you two major ways that you could walk out of here and I could walk out of here tonight and we could actually disciple people, okay? Here's the first way. It's with your life. You actually disciple with your life. Did you guys know that your life is your message? Your life is your message. I love in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, Paul says, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Did you know that everybody is reading your life? Does that freak out? That's That's a little overwhelming, but it's true. And so when we go out of here, it's like our life is what people are reading. And so our life is how we actually disciple somebody. We help them to see and to understand. What what did people do, you guys? They watched how Jesus lived his life and he discipled him through his actions. I'll never forget when I started uh, as a 25-year-old at our church back in Detroit. Steve Andrews was a lead pastor and I was just, uh, outside of my wife in those early years, he was the most important person in my life. He He was like the first man that I respected and looked up to, who saw something in me and believed in me. I mean, he changed my life. But the funniest thing was, we never met. And so I remember one time going to him and said, so, um, "Steve, so are we ever going to meet?" And he's like, "No, I hired you because I thought you could get the job done." <laughs> and so, and yet, this man changed my life forever. Why? Because I watched him. I watched his life. I saw how he treated people. I listened to what he said, and we did life together. You guys, this is how we disciple people. What made Kevin want sweet potato souffle? Was it because I told him all about it? How many of you want my mom's sweet potato souffle? Okay, all right, all right, good, good. I can pass out the recipe. But I can tell you this, most people I tell about it don't beg for the recipe. You know why Kevin wanted it? because he tasted it, because he tasted it. And you guys, Jesus changes the world when we live like Jesus. You can say all you want, but if your life doesn't match what you say, well, now we got hypocrisy and now we really lost the game, right? You disciple people with your life taste and see that the Lord is good. John 13, 15, Jesus washed the disciples' feet, right? And then he said this, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you, okay? Watch me. We watch Jesus, now I know how to be like Jesus. And then Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So Jesus' command to us, you guys, is this, Hey, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, be like me, be like me, disciple people. Your life will actually impact people even more than your words. But that's the second way. (laughs) How do we do it? How do we disciple? It is what we say. And this really matters. I love this. In 1 Peter 3.15, he says, always be prepared to give an answer. To everyone who asked you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, this so if I if you read this verse, you go, What? Is that it? Oh, did I give the oh there it is, always be prepared to give an answer. Okay, why do I always have to be prepared? You know why? Because just as I'm going, I'm just living my life. But somebody sees my life, and when they want to know, why are you so different than everybody else? They just ask you for the reason for the hope that you have. Are you ready? (laughs) See, because if you're actually living it, then people are going to go, you're different. What is it about you? And they're going to go, can you tell me why you have hope? And now it's what you say. And you're prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. That was Jesus. Now, by the way, we're going to get into that in the next two messages, okay? More particularly, how do we say the things that Jesus wants us to say so people can get to know him? All right, Second Timothy 2.2, the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. This is how you, this is discipleship. It is passing on what you've heard and sharing it with other people. And again, we'll get into that more in the next two. So everywhere you go, Everywhere you go, disciple with your life and with your words so that eventually next week you can baptize them because they actually found who Jesus was through your life. Now, here's the third one, to who? Everywhere you go, disciple who? Everyone, everyone. Now, in the scripture says, as you go, in, as you're going, disciple who? All nations. So again, I think that's why people said, okay, well, if I'm really following Jesus, I gotta go to, I gotta go to Africa or I gotta go to China or I gotta go to El Salvador. I gotta go to, you know, because it, we heard the word nations here. Excuse me, just lost my... All right. But the word nations, you guys, at its root, it just means multitudes. It just means multitudes of people. And then it actually became to mean a multitude of individuals of the same nature. And then it became to mean, so a tribe or a nation or a group of people. But the key is what Jesus is saying is you're supposed to disciple all nations. All eth- the word is ethnos. All ethnicities, everybody. Wherever you go, there's not a person on the, in the world that Jesus hasn't died for. In Mark 16, 15, it says another, another account. It says, and Jesus said, he told them, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. And so that's, that's our job. And that's why it's important. You know, because some people will say, well, man, if I really follow Jesus, I should be in ministry. It's like, No way, man. Jesus wants to get into your workplace. Jesus wants to get into your school. Jesus wants to be in your gym. He wants to be on the soccer field. He wants to be in you because everyone you know matters to him. And that's who we're supposed to be reaching. I read in Mark chapter two uh, a little while ago, this this was fascinating to me. And we'll see see if you guys remember this. It says, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, house, which was Matthew, he said, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who are Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Okay, now for all of you guys who've been Christians for a while, let me ask you a question. How many of you were taught that when Matthew, when Jesus called Matthew to follow him, since he was a tax collector, that the first thing Matthew did was throw a party, invite Jesus, and invite all of his tax collector friends and sinners to meet Jesus. How many of you? How many of you heard that as the story? Oh, seriously, only five or six of you. Seriously? Okay, I grew up like I grew up with that. It's like be like Matthew, right? Throw a party and have other people come. Did you guys not hear this? Okay, if you didn't. I, I, because this time when I read this, I'm like, that's not what happened. Matthew didn't invite his tax collector friends. Can you put the verse back? Or oh, I didn't put this verse on the screen. Just trust me. <laughs> Listen to this. While Jesus was having dinner at Matt, Levi or Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. Why? For there were many who followed him. You know why tax collectors and sinners were at Matthew's house? Because they followed Jesus. Not because Matthew invited him. They actually were with Jesus. Who was Jesus discipling? Isn't this cool, you guys? Jesus was discipling people who were far away from God and they were following him. You know why? Because he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. He came for people who were far from God. So, who are we supposed to be discipling? That's who we go. Everywhere we go, every person matters to him. And we begin by sharing our life of Christ with them and then by sharing our words with them. So, in 1 Timothy 2, it says this I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Because this is good. And pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. All right? So I'm going to real quick, just in a couple minutes, just in a few minutes, we've had this acronym here that we've done, and I'm not going to teach it because we've been through it a lot. Some of you have never heard this, but what do you do? Okay, well, how how do I actually impact people if I'm at work? Well, we bless everybody. B-L-E-S-S. Okay? We bless. Okay? Number one, the B is you begin with prayer. Why? Because the scripture just said, first of all, pray for who? All people. Okay, so here you go. How many of you got your bookmark here? Okay. Derek Murphy put these together, you guys. I love this. This is is one of the coolest little tools. And I want to ask you at some point, man, tonight, do it right now if you want, but tonight, tomorrow morning, sit there and go, who are 10 people that are in my life right now, who have yet to have tasted and seen that Jesus is awesome. And I want them to know, I want them to have my sweet potato souffle. I want them to know Jesus Christ and write their names, the 10 names down here on this card. Now use this however you want. Stick it on your bathroom mirror. So every morning when you look at it, they're right there. Put it on your refrigerator door. So it's right there or or use it as a bookmark. Put it somewhere where you'll see it over and over again. And every time you see this list, just rattle off their names and pray for them, okay? Pray for all people, first of all. Why? Because you guys, you you don't save anybody. Okay, you don't don't save anybody. You don't save anybody. And here's the other thing. Nobody saves themselves. They actually get rescued by God. It's his work in their life. That's what we need to pray for. All right? And then the L is you listen. Next thing you do, you know, sometimes us Christians, we just like to tell everybody what they should do and here's what you should believe in. Here's what you do. All right. Thanks, but, 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 yes. The best thing you can ever do if you want to impact somebody beautifully is just listen. I love these proverbs. Proverbs 18.2, fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Ooh, that got a nice little, hmm. I think that's part of the problem with a lot of Christians. Let me share with you my opinion. I don't really care who you are. I don't care what you think. I don't care where you came from. I'm right. And I'm going to tell you what you should do. How many of you want people to tell you what, they, what the, the, to do from their opinion? None of us do. But I tell you what, if you listen to their story. You know what happens? You now understand. Now I know you. And I tell you it brings respect to the person and it values them. So listen, pray for them, begin with prayer, listen, and my favorite, eat together. You eat together. Jesus somebody I read one book and he goes, you know, we think Jesus saved the do you guys ever thought about the fact that Jesus saved the world by eating with people? He was always eating with people. And you guys know this. When you're around a table and there's food, somehow the the walls come down and the the connection happens. And by the way, if you invite somebody to actually have a meal with you, what have you just said? I'm thinking about you. I want to be with you and you matter to me. You just showed them value simply by initiating and saying, come, let's have a meal together. Begin with prayer listen to people, eat together. And then the fourth one is serve them. And then just serve them. That's what Jesus said. He goes, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to put other people's interests above my own. And if you do that, if I do that, we bless people. And then the last one is what we'll get to the next two weeks. And that's then you share. After you've begun with prayer, listened, respected them, eaten together and served them, then the last S. And then you get to share. All right? So band, come on up. And we're going to close with our final song. The thing I, I as I was thinking about this, here's, here's, here's one thing I know that's actually going on in all of us in this room, okay? And let me just, let me just pick on all of us who actually follow Jesus, okay? If you, if you follow Jesus, here's what's happening inside you right now. You're deciding whether you're going to do this or not. Right? That's what we do. Right now, we're like, okay, am I actually going to pray for people, listen to them, eat? Am I going to serve? Am I actually, as I'm going, am I going to live life and be prepared to share with them? Am I going to see every person that's in my life as somebody that I'm supposed to be discipling? And you know what's so funny? Um, Jesus said, How do you start this thing off? All authority has been given to me over heaven and earth. Therefore, do what I say. You know the craziest thing is? We actually are the final authority of our own lives. That's what we're, deci- we're deciding right now. Am I actually gonna follow Jesus or am I not? Well, then who's the final authority? We are. <laughs> you know where the decision needs to be made? The decision needs to be made way before this, where we already say, Jesus, you have risen and you are far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. And when I received you into my life, I received you as my Lord. I've already made the decision. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm doing it because you're my Lord. I just want to encourage us, you guys. Jesus is good and life-giving and beautiful and what all of this world needs. It's what we need. It's what this world needs. Let's trust him. Let's trust him. And let's, as we go, as we go, let's see everyone as someone that we disciple. Everywhere, with everyone, okay? Now, just go ahead and stand. We're gonna close with this final song. And this is a song just called Bind Us Together, okay? Because I just wanna tell you guys, this is why we meet together. This is why we do small groups. It's why we gather, because we need to encourage each other to do this, okay? We need to be rubbing shoulders with each other and saying, Hey man, who are you praying for? Who are you reaching out to? Who are you sharing life with? It is us as a community that Jesus brought us together to be the most powerful witness that we can be in the world, all right? So let's sing and ask God to unite us in his purposes and to encourage each other to live out the life he has for us, all right? Let's sing.